Other things that I do though, I do love to listen. It's a good thing to think about. Same thing with a podcast interviewer or just an interviewer in general. The idea though is not to emulate. The idea is to create your own unique style. Take all of your favorite things and do what makes you the most comfortable because when you're most comfortable in your seat, the other person will be most comfortable in their seat, which makes for great interview. Welcome to Between Two Mics. I'm Zach. And I'm Rock. We're the co-founders of Squadcast.fm. The best way to record remote interviews in studio quality like this one. Here on Between Two Mics, we explore the challenges, opportunities, and new ideas with the people who are pushing the limits of what's possible in podcasting. Rad, today we're joined by Jordan Paris, host of the Growth Mindset University podcast. There's a lot of educational content that you're you're putting out, so I don't think it would do it justice to cut that off either. So exactly, yeah, that's, that's a tough balance to strike. It's about education, right? And 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 that's the whole purpose of it to learn the lessons we should have learned in school, but didn't. You know, learn how to succeed in the progressive new age of business and life, which you do not learn in school nowadays, and uh, learning from the people that we should. Ha- should have learned from right people that have been there and done that you want to learn writing it would make sense to learn how to write from mark manson who sold upwards of 10 million copies of books right it makes it just makes sense <laughs> uh so yeah and, and psychology for th- th- that i love his psychology approach to everything like there's even this uh he even has this course and People can judge me for caring about the quality of my relationships with what I'm about to say, but I don't care. Uh, So (laughs) there's this dating and relationships course on his website, right? And it is really, really good. He, I, I'm just learning the psychology now of relationships and it's, it's very cool. Very cool. And I'm enjoying that. Uh, So I enjoy his work and that's what this show is. I just enjoy talking to these people. It's a lot of fun for me. So you're not going to get any opposition from us that uh, there's plenty to be learned that the other universities didn't teach us. But the irony is, is you're still in school, Jordan. So, uh, you know, why are you still in school? How do you reconcile, you know, uh, starting this other school, if you will, of your own while still going to the traditional uh, schools that, um, you know, you we can all admit uh, has does have some shortcomings. Right. Well, I'm very, very lucky in that, you know, my father was a great saver and he saved up a, a large college fund for all three kids. And so he, so it's, it's been paid for, right? Like tuition wise. So I'm like covered in that Beautiful. area. Right. And so, yeah, that's awesome. and, and even if I, I want to drop out, like if I, first of all, if I was paying for it, it would have happened a long time ago. Second, I can't because I, I mean, I've tried it so many times, but if I do drop out, I have to pay back what we've already paid in tuition, which would be around uh, $90,000. So I think it's best for me <laughs> to stay for this final year. <laughs> it, it, it just, it, I mean, cause like I could do a lot more other things with that 90 K. <laughs> How's that final year going? For some people, it's it's a you know 
rough and some people it's easy peasy because they they handled it on the front end so how's it going for you it's uh i mean i'm in addition to running an awesome podcast right i mean it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be starting up in just about a month this this final year i'm i'm taking an online summer class in general psych right now it's just a just a piece of cake you know you could you complete the course in like four hours it's nothing uh but but they stretch it out over six weeks so uh, right now, it's easy. It's going to get pretty hard, though, come fall and spring. As I was, you know, feeling feeling the pressures a little bit uh, in last spring, when you know, getting into those upper level courses just becomes like, you know, in in those lower level courses and the gen ed courses and whatnot, I could do nothing and pass everything, right? Like I didn't have to invest too much time. Now, Guilty. Right, right, right. Now the minimum time investment has just been upped a little bit because, I mean, hey, I want to pass these classes and get out of here. I don't want to extend my term, right? I want to get out. So, Yeah, I agree with you on that, bro. Um, so is there any schooling coming after this or is this no, like, no. that's it? <laughs> no way. The only thing that's, I mean, I, I love I love learning all the time. I mean, I read all the time. I, I love taking these courses, you know, like when, you know, when my, my load is lighter in the summer and, and I have more time, uh, I'll, you know, I'm taking this course, like Mark Manson's dating and relationships course, like Mark Manson's writing course, right. That he's all this stuff he's got on his website, uh, other courses. And, and I'm just sitting there taking this course the other week. And I'm like, wow, this is what learning's about, man. This is, look at this voluntary learning. I'm having fun. I'm actually getting something out of it. Things that are relevant today. Like, wow, this is great. Uh, so, yeah. I think it's that core, like intrinsic motivation to learn. That's kind of what I look for when I, uh, when I hear people say like, oh, you know, I'm going to drop out or whatever. And of course that's, you know, one of the, I guess, considered best practices by a lot of the the folks in the venture capital and like startup communities with like Peter Thiel and all of that advocating to, to, to get out and start a company. So, um, I definitely see both sides of the coin and I, I love learning like you. So just stopping because some arbitrary system that says that you're, you're good now, like that, that seemed kind of ridiculous to me. And I, I'm much more interested in like hard science as I've gotten older and I wasn't at the time of being in school. I, I wish that I would have, uh, I would have taken, you know, gotten more out of it in that regard. But, um, yeah, what, what are, uh, what are you like, um, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the dating course relationships, right? Fundamental kind of human stuff that's, that helps with all situations. What, what else are you interested in, uh, in picking up kind of outside of either podcasting mm -hmm. or your field of study? Psychology is, uh, of course a favorite of mine, but chief among the things that I love to learn is communication and human behavior. I love that stuff. There are a lot of books on the shelves behind me that, uh, that are about that, uh, ones that have changed my life as, as a recovering awkward person, as Vanessa Van Edwards, my hero would say, who we had on the podcast episode 113. Jordan She's Paris. awesome. Yeah. slash EP113. There it is. You can listen to Vanessa and I, people love that one. It was good. And, uh, I, like, I'm just, so, I'm just, it, it came full circle because a year and a half earlier, I was, uh, I was full on awkward person. You know, I didn't, I just, I didn't really know my, my social interactions were grossly unfulfilling. And I said, you know what? I put an end to it after so many years. I said, 
So I'm going to figure this out, right? I'm going to figure this out and stop feeling this way and just have more fulfilling social interactions and just learn everything that I can about communication and human behavior. And it was a lot of fun as I got to read about this stuff and then go out every single day and test it and use it and ingrain it in my psychology, in who I am. And, and that's, what I've, that's what I've done over the past year and a half. I've, I've made it who I am. I am now a people person. I love people when that was not the case before. I love talking to people. I say, put me in a room with anyone for two hours and there won't be a second of dead air. Like, I don't care, man. But I'm also a listener, right? That's part of it. Critical. Uh, yeah. Right, exactly. And I, and I listen on, on my podcast, right? That's a, I, I, I give the stage to uh, my guests almost so almost too much you know people want me to talk more i think that's a good thing um but i want to unpack that a little bit more because um for someone that's a been doing this you know a year and a half and b you know says that they've been historically socially awkward like what was that inflection point for you where you know you just kind of were like okay i'm gonna go about this a different way because that doesn't come to everybody and certainly not at what, what was that 19 20 year, years I, old I was 20 you had this mo yeah so like what happened how, how did you you know yeah walk us through uh what you were experiencing at that time yeah i it was uh december or december late december or early january of 2018 or uh, 2017 into 2018 right and uh, I, I heard this heard this podcast that Vanessa Van Edwards was on. It was like an hour and a half, and I listened to it. I sent it to my friend. I listened to it again, and I listened to all the podcasts that I could find with Vanessa Van Edwards, right? And then I got the book, her her book that came out, Captivate: The Science of Succeeding with People. I read that, and then over the course of 2018 and into 2019, the general theme of a lot of the books that I read was some sort of communication, human behavior, human nature, even like even, even sapiens right here, a brief history of humankind. The first part, that one. part one of that book, uh, really was, what is part one called? Let me see, because it was very, very helpful in just, it was helpful in understanding human, human nature, ready? The cognitive revolution and so like the chapters in there, an animal of no significance, tree of knowledge. Uh, yeah, the other chapters that don't really describe it. But from that part one, I did, I did come to understand a little bit, right? Uh, so that like I consider that an adjacent field of communication, right? Like just understanding humans and where we came from. That's an adjacent field to communication. Uh, like I, so, so I did, I did all, all the studying. You feel like that kind of unlocked this next uh, this next chapter for you, and that's really come out in the podcast. And like, do you have plans for you know where that's going? Even right. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't. I never really knew I was going to start a podcast. It it didn't cross my mind too much. Not even when I not when I first started studying communication. It, it just didn't occur to me. Uh, I don't even remember when or why I decided to start the podcast. It just kind of just kind of happened. Uh, April 17th was the first of 2018 was the first episode. And I mean, that's just because the podcast directories say that's what happened. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't really know. <laughs> uh, 
Well, that's uh, what your LinkedIn profile kind of says. It just kind of happened. So that's that's not as misleading or untruthful right. as maybe I thought it was. Yeah, no. <laughs> People ask me all the freaking time. And it's like, dude, I straight up don't know, man. I just, I don't know. You just know. did it. I just did it. And that's a you understand that most people aren't like this though, right? Like most people don't just wake up and say, I'm going to start a podcast and create this whole university and, you know, build a brand around me. And, and, you know, I mean, like that's, it's incredible, but also, yeah, it was, well, okay. What was it in the beginning? Just a crapshoot, like, like random episodes, me droning on, me and a co-host droning on, no guests. Uh, like it sucked. <laughs> I've I considered replacing the audio files of the first like 26 episodes with um, this episode is now archived to please, <laughs> please listen to the most recent episodes or like start with Mark Man, the Mark Manson episode, Jordan Paris.com, then come back. EP 99. Thanks. <laughs> like, then come back and see how much I've grown and then, and then never listen <laughs> to any of these ever again. Oh yeah. Wait, I could, I could do add it as an, is intro. that a strategy? Do people actually do that? What? What you're saying is have other people done that or is this, oh, uh, people have told me Jordan Paris original. Oh, people have told me that. Oh, what people have people done that? No, I just thought of that. Because I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed. And like it shows people, the growth though. I mean, it, right? It's growth. It does. Growth it does, however, and that's great. Like if they if they listen to an old one and a new one, that's amazing. I love that to happen. Mm-hmm. However, if they listen to an old one and are turned off by it and never make it to the new ones, that's tragic. That's not good. And that's my fear. And that's why. And just people thinking that, uh, that, that was, that that's me. <laughs> cause I, I just, ah, I listen to myself and, and you guys will appreciate this cause we're on the lovely squad cast right now where it sounds so good. And I try to convert everyone in the podcast space to squad cast. I was on zoom the first 65 episodes. So I sounded like a robot, right? You mm. know, the, the, the you know you don't get the local recordings like how how what would you call it guys it's not local it's 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 not recorded locally it's what yeah it's recorded in the cloud so it's like it's the audio data gets compressed on the way there and back and it yeah steps all over it it sounds terrible robotic i think that's a good good way to describe it yeah Yeah, (laughs) so it sounds like nails on a chalkboard when i hear my voice from those episodes i don't like it (laughs) Yeah, but, I just saw a study that uh, that credibility, uh, credibility, like from the listener perspective, the higher the quality, um, the uh, the the higher the credibility kind of established from from that. So like, no it's even more important, like you said before, like giving the stage to your guest. Usually, it's the guest who sounds worse. So it's like you really want to be lifting that person up, not not kind of like having their quality somehow lower than yours, because. Uh, podcasters have great setups but it's it's the guest right you know, we, all, we all want to sound great i've heard of people like i mean i heard of some rumor that tim ferris like ships out uh, a microphone to some of his guests i don't know how true that is and i and i i don't know that i consider his audio quality like the holy grail either there's definitely some hiccups in there yeah, uh, I don't know. I wonder what he uses. I have no idea. But he's he's used Skype because I've heard him oh. and like Kevin Rose talking about it. And they, you know, they were talking about how 
Skype's unreliable. You never know what you're going to get. Sorry, we had some issues. And like, I like hit up Tim everywhere I could like, hey, man, I just heard this episode. It was great. But in the first 10 minutes, you guys are talking about this stuff. And, you know, there's a different way to do it, you know, but, uh, you know, he's he, I'm still waiting for a response. We'll see. We're working <laughs> on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he'll have to hear about Squadcast eventually because it's it's really on fire right now from what I from what I see. Right. Well, it's, well, it's because we got people like you who are, and, you know, using it and, and, you know, your audience is loving what they hear. So it's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's great to, it's great, but we're all growing, growing this thing together. I mean, that's the real success is, is the audience experience, right? From your perspective, from our perspective and uh, yeah, just kind of empowering you to create whatever you want to create. So you're having fun with it. We're having fun. Exactly. And I, I mean, I remember describing it to a couple of people, when I still had Zoom episodes recorded on Zoom coming out, but I had switched to Squadcast, but the episodes weren't out yet. Uh, I remember telling people like, it's going to sound like we're in the same room, but we're not in the same room. <laughs> it's great, man. I, that's that's the magic. Yeah. So those first, those first 26 episodes, we don't have to dwell on them too much, but I do want to get an understanding of what did you learn in the, in that time frame? Cause it definitely sounds like you learned a lot. Zach and I know that like there is some, some beauty in just starting and accepting that you're not going to like the first 10, 26, whatever. Um, but it will get there. So, uh, what, what, what did you learn in those first 26? Cause it sounded like from what you said earlier that maybe, although you made the decision to put yourself out there and, and, you know, not be as awkward or maybe not worried about being as awkward or embrace the awkwardness, but that it's still just because you made that decision doesn't mean it actually carried over into the behavior quite yet. So, uh, is that what happened that, you know, you were just still awkward on the mic behind the mic interviewing guests and, and it just didn't come out right. Or, or what happened in those first 26 that you're not necessarily the most proud of? Well, I mean, uh, there's like a principle in my life that I learned that I don't know. It's that it's a, it's a, it's a universal principle, but it's true for me. And that for me, imperfect action was absolutely necessary. I could mm -hmm. not start like my, my good friend, Halataha, who hosts Young and Profiting, an amazing podcast with 20,000, nearly 20,000 listeners per episode. Great guests. We've had some of the same guests. And she started out episode one, perfect. Like it is amazing. <laughs> I wonder how many she she uh she didn't publish before that you know practice episode. i wonder i'm gonna have to ask her <laughs> however um that i i couldn't do that um i i wouldn't have done that i wouldn't have stuck with it uh for me and and i just wasn't i didn't i, I mean i was still i'm still a naive 21 year old but i was an even naiver 20 year old right Ooh, oh boy. <laughs> right. <exactly. laughs> so it just, uh, I wasn't ready yet. I, I couldn't be like that good on day one. I couldn't expect to be that good on day one. So I had to take imperfect action and grow as I grow, as I go, as I say, you know, and, and grow along the way, figure it out along the way, get better. And, uh, and that's exactly what happened. And, and I mean, really, I mean, a, a big inflection point, there's been a couple of, of inflection points in the podcast where like, um, one happened in the mid twenties. I won't say what it was. And then one happened in, uh, you know, 65 where I used Squadcast. I had the first Squadcast episode and it just took things to the next level. I could be, I could be that much more confident 
in the final product, right? And when I was like editing my clips for uh, my, my promotional clips that you guys see me put out on LinkedIn and whatever, yep. uh, I could be they like, in, instead, you know, instead of like when I talked over the guest, I couldn't edit that out. Now I can edit that out and I can make it like that many more seconds shorter. I can make it sharper, shorter, faster. And it just captures attention so much more. That's like the little things that people don't think about. I, but I think about that stuff and it just my, and, and so I gained, I started gaining immense traction through LinkedIn in part due to Squadcast as well. Uh, and uh, I mean, as far as like how I was behind the mic, I mean, I was, I was talking about things that, uh, I just, I was just like giving general life advice, right? Like, you know, like the, the stereotypical wannabe life coach, so to say that, that just spews like all this cliche self-help advice. And it's just like, who cares, man? <laughs> That's what I was. <laughs> so I learned from that, you know, avoid the cliche, avoid cliche like the plague. All right. That's a lesson mm. that came out of it. So, uh, and, and it, you know, I, something that I think about all the time in podcasts now, uh, you know, like, is this, I don't want to sound too cliche. Like I want to, I, I always want to appeal to a more advanced person. I don't want to appeal to the, to the beginner who's just starting out, who's just starting out along this this journey, right? I want to appeal to maybe the executives, the higher income people, right? That that's who I want to appeal to. Yeah, and I I think the opposite of of that is it can also be kind of crippling and that's um and that's imposter syndrome, right? So like, you know, it's kind of a balance uh between those two things and I've certainly dealt with my uh, my fair share of of imposter syndrome. But it, uh, you know, you mentioned something else that I want to unpack, and that's this this tendency to to what Rock and I uh, talk about is like just in time learning. I forget who we who we heard that term from. Rock, Nick Looper from the Side Hustle Show. Thank you for remembering. Um, yeah, so Nick uh, spoke at our local meetup and talked about briefly about this concept, just in time learning. And we're like, oh my god, that's such a better word for it than what we've been calling it, like reading books as we need them. That's much better uh, branding. So uh, I'm I'm noticing a pattern for for you of that as well. So that is, um, you know, that that's something that it, I think it has to be intrinsic, and then also this level of awareness to know and take ownership of what can be improved and then say, okay, I'm going to go and take a step to go and actively try to improve that. that that's not a, a kind of a, a cycle that I think most people work through all the time. And I'm noticing that pattern here with you. Well, I love improving all the time. I mean, right now things I'm working on my interview skills, you know, that's, that, that needs a ton of work. People like to say that I'm above average and I ask questions that most people don't ask the guests say that too, but I just think I can do so much better. Uh, and, and I do, I, I don't listen back to my episodes in an egotistical way. Like I want to hear myself. I listen back so that I can, I can get better. I can hear myself and, and just get that. Uh, like I, I'll listen to it four weeks because it takes four weeks or so to release an episode depending on, on, you know, I mean, right now it's, 
I kind of t- I, I did two podcasts in the last five weeks, so so the ones coming out this week are are very, very one I did four weeks ago and one I did two days ago, right? So like because I'm I started to run out, but by the end of the week I'm doing so many. This week I'll I'll be three weeks ahead. Next week I'll be six weeks ahead again. So like I'm I'm good. So where I was going with that was I'll listen to the episode back about four weeks later, and I won't be as attached to it anymore uh, because I, I guess you would call it the recency bias. Um, you know, we, we like to pretty much, I don't, and I, it could, it, maybe it's not the recency bias, but this explanation I'm about to say is what matters more. Um, we, we have to believe that our most recent work that we just put out is, is meaningful and good work. And so there's a little bit of you're, you're biased towards it. And I, or at least I am, I'm biased towards it. anything. All my recent work is instantly my favorite. Um, but four weeks later, I'm less attached to that, to that specific episode. And so, and so I hear it from almost like a third person or, or I mean, it is third person. Like I don't view it as me. I just, I'm very critical of myself when I mean, and, and I'm and I'm like, oh, okay, that was good too. When I do something good, when I say something good, uh, when I when I transition good or ask a good question, I'm like, oh, that was good too. I recognize the good and the bad, and to get better. And in the beginning, I used to edit out all my uhs, ums, and likes, so that and I would get sick of editing that stuff out. So I just got better at it. Right. And I became so much more mindful in, in not just podcast conversations, but in everyday conversations of the words that were coming out of my mouth, all these filler words, even sort of, sort of is a filler word. Even things like you can catch things, words like kinda, and maybe, and, and again, sort of that are not necessary and it, they're actually a sign of not being 100% confident of the thing that you're speaking about. So these are these are things that I pick up as I edit and listen back. And and I love it because it feeds back into becoming a better communicator, which I love, as you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what we've really liked about podcasting and starting our show and being interviewed on other people's shows is just get better at conversation and listening. But yeah, there is that process of also identifying man, I'm kind of crappy at this or, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of times where I just say just like I did, you know, and I don't intend to. Um, But with you, I think, or, you know, with all of us, I think what's important when you're interviewing people is to make them feel feel comfortable. And if your guests are telling you they enjoyed the interview, I think you succeeded at making them feel comfortable. And so get, you know, the, the, the better questions will come, but it sounds like you're, you're intentionally trying to get better at interviewing. So what are some of those intentional practices that, that you're doing? I think that whole, you know, whether it is the recency bias or not, uh, that kind of workflow that you have is, is a little unique. I, I haven't really heard of that, uh, before, but what Does other it make in- sense practice? Absolutely. It's totally logical. Yeah. Right. Okay, good. I'm not, I'm not crazy. <laughs> uh, so yeah. What, what other things? I was I've been searching far and wide for a really good interview course. I I thought maybe Larry King would have something with with communication you or whatever he does and but I think there's just, one on uh, on masterclass. I haven't taken oh. it, but uh I love masterclass. I've done two of the courses through there. So 
um, check it out. Maybe they're all really, really high quality. Okay. Yeah. That would be amazing. Um, the other thing that I've got is my friend James Altucher said that hey. said that this book right here by Howard Stern, Howard Stern comes again. He tweeted out that it's uh, that <laughs> what a it's, title, right, 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 right? That it's a textbook on on interviewing and i was like oh my god james i gotta get this <laughs> i gotta get that too it looks like a big book brother how, how uh how many pages we're talking literally like a textbook so Good work howard 495 or so pages and it's really wide very and it's and really girthy. tall <laughs> so oh my I god i was stoked to see like, you interview oh, look at this page there's three columns. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right? Oh, that that is encyclopedia yeah. status yeah. right there. Right. So, I was uh, I was stoked to see you uh, have James Altucher on your show. I'm a I'm a pretty uh, I don't follow all of his stuff, but I listen pretty pretty regularly. And then I, I it's interesting. Uh, I just mentioned Masterclass. I didn't think of that connection before, but he's actually the one who inspired me to check that out because I wanted to get better at chess because he is really good at chess. Yeah. And then I went looking for like, okay, I want to beat my friend Sean at chess. So then I found masterclass and, uh, and then I found the Gary Kasparov chess class and, uh, and I beat Sean in chess. So, uh, I'm a a big fan of James Altucher. Absolutely. Yeah. He's great. And, uh, yeah, that episode's coming out soon. It's been kind of, it's kind of been hanging in the balance for a while just due to uh, due to logistical sort of issues with who had the files and whatnot, but it's finally uh, getting ready to come out this month. Got to get uh, it right. And yeah, yeah. So uh, other things that I do, though, I do love to listen because, like, look, a good writer should obviously read a, a, a fair amount as well. You know, for uh, Mark Manson said – for every hour of writing, you should consume an hour of literature. That's a lot. That's a lot. I don't know about it. It's a lot. Right. But it's a good it's a good thing to think about. Same thing with a podcast interviewer or just an interviewer in general. You have to be, yes, you should practice, right? But you should also be a student. And so I'm a student of James Altucher listening to his style and and just analyzing that. And then Joe Rogan, and then even people like Lewis Howes, uh, who else? But studying people who, oh, and Larry King, of course, studying people who are world-renowned for it and who I believe are very good and who I respect. Uh, And the idea is not to emulate any one of their styles. I find myself sometimes thinking, comparing myself to them, too much to one of them at, at any certain given time too much even tom billu right and i'll just and I'll, I'll, be, I'll hear something he does and i'm like i don't do that but mm. the idea is not to like i should start to, i should start to do that you know the idea though is not to emulate them exactly the idea is to harvest create your own unique style take all of your favorite things and do what makes you the most comfortable because what makes you most comfortable in your seat when you're most comfortable in your seat the other person will be most comfortable in their seat which makes for a great interview i believe i heard that 
from either Larry King or Cal Fussman, one of the two. Mm. Well, of course, studying Cal Fussman, too. Do you have any other questions for Jordan Rock? Uh, no, thanks a lot for the time, Jordan, though. It's uh, really appreciative and love watching what you're doing on LinkedIn. And like, you know, Killing thank it. you for sharing some of that information because that is certainly helpful. And, you know, thank you for all the support for Squadcast. We're super stoked to be helping uh, someone with a great message and a great show and um, look forward to continuing that. And hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much. This was a new experience for me. And it's very cool for me to be uh, working with and and talking to and being friends with the uh, the founders of my favorite recording tool for podcasts that I recommend people to all the time. Like it's a, it's a cool experience for me. So I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Likewise. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Jordan. This has been another episode of Between Two Mics with Zach and Rock from Squadcast the best way to record remote podcast interviews like today's in studio quality. Visit bit.ly squadpod to check out our resources page where you can download your free remote interview checklist.